Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. I want you to potentially give them the, the opportunity and the grace to say, hey, you know, I'd rather not, you know, I know, I'm sure this wasn't your intention, but I'd rather not gossip about, about so-and-so. I'd rather not, you know, criticize Natalie or Jordan or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, cause frankly, like, I think she's just doing the best she can, but you know, what's really cool is that this person actually just did this great thing. And you try to either, you know, address it, mm-hmm. confront it and redirect it. Mm-hmm. That would be my first bit of advice um, before removing yourself entirely. Like see if it's salvageable, see mm-hmm. if you can actually be the person at the helm steering the ship another way. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation that is so deeply negative and I've just brought awareness to it. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I know you didn't mean to do this, but like, I don't, I don't really want to talk crap about her. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Natalie, welcome to She. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am excited as well. I am looking forward to this conversation. I think this is something that all of us can relate to in one way or another. We're going to be focusing on combating social media competition, jealousy, a lot that can come up when we are living in the world of highlight reels and um, very focused on that and exposed to it every single day. So you do a great job talking about this. You recently wrote a book about community. And I, I'm just, I mean, it's about a lot more, but I'm excited to dig into everything you have to share. Before we do that though, can you share a little of your background? I know that you talk about how you were a photographer and a small business owner who was traveling the world, married her high school sweetheart, but instead of feeling fulfilled, you kind of got into this place of comparison and loneliness. And then you were later diagnosed with kind of some big things. And I would just love to hear that from your perspective. How did those experiences and your experiences lead you to where you are now creating the Rising Tide Society, pioneering the hashtag community over competition, and now your new book, Built to Belong? Can you just share a little bit of that backstory? Absolutely. So I, as you mentioned, I started my career as a photographer and I specialized in weddings for over eight years, ran that business full time. I did everything that I could to check every single box um, as an Enneagram three would mm-hmm. on my way I understand. to success, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, and I did, I, I did all the things I set out to do. And yet, as you mentioned, I found myself feeling so incredibly alone and not just lonely in the sense of, you know, oh, I wish I, I had more friends, but lonely in the sense of why does this striving not lead me to where I think it's going to lead me? Why does every relationship that I come into contact with, especially in the professional world, 
feel like a competition, feel like, you know, it's, it's overloaded with comparison instead of connection, feel like we're always trying to one up one another. And it's this constant rat race of measuring up and doing more and being more. And, you know, I just, I hit this breaking point and I was a full-time wedding photographer in that moment. I hit this breaking point of realizing that if I continue to build this business, if I continue to live my life, Mm -hmm. the way that the world was telling me to do so, then I was ultimately going to end up burnt out alone and, and completely in, in a dark place. And I didn't want that. And so um, I created the Rising Tide Society alongside um, three other amazing co-founders in response to that feeling. We kickstarted the hashtag community over competition as a way to say, look, we're going to compete in business. We know this to be true, but we can choose to put people first. We can choose to put community first. And amidst all of that, amidst my business thriving, amidst launching this community and watching it scale, we have over 70,000 small business owners that are members of Rising Tide. Um, The hashtag has grown and grown and grown. All of these wonderful things on the outside. I was also battling some really difficult things um, in my personal life. I was diagnosed with a benign brain tumor and went through um, neurosurgery to remove it four years ago, navigated throughout the majority of my marriage, infertility and and longing for a child and um, having to navigate some medical complexities that that stopped that from from being our reality for several years. Um, and so so much of what I talk about, both in built to belong and just in life on when I show up on social is, mm-hmm. you know, not just navigating competition and comparison in business, but really like the fact that we navigate this in every aspect of our life mm-hmm. that everything on the internet makes makes us feel like it's us against them or it's her against me or her success is evidence that I'm not measuring up or her timeline should be my timeline, right? And that's just not how we're created to live. That's not how God created us to be. And yet the world is pushing us into our separate corners. And, and so the book is a roadmap through that, through that conversation to help us and guide us back. And and my hope is that my learnings in my journey can help others to to navigate their own journey um, when it comes to jealousy and comparison and competition. Yeah, it's so powerful and so true. I mean, it's almost like we are just set up to constantly be seeing someone else's timeline, someone else's milestones, someone else's business win. Like, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. And I think mm-hmm. as humans, you know, we, we naturally already do that. And then it's in your face 10 times more. It just, it, it's almost like impossible to avoid unless you're really intentional about it, which I think the movement that you've started and the work that you're doing is so good for that, for combating that and keeping our minds in the, in the right place and healthy. And um, not only in the creative world and in the business world, but also just in life. And I wanted to kind of piggyback off of some things you said just in, about it being so relevant now with being so digitally connected. What's interesting to me about that is many of us feel more alone now than ever, I think, despite mm-hmm. living in the most connected society. Why do you think that is? I mean, I know we can see a lot on social media, but I'd just be curious what your take on that is. Like, why would that create an intensified sense of loneliness? Yeah. So I think there are a couple of factors at play here. The first is that, you know, we must acknowledge that our brains are wired to compete. Hmm. Yes. But ultimately, I think above all of that, they are, we are created to to belong. We are created for community. We are created for connection. And so a couple of the factors into why we are more lonely now, why we are feeling this, especially, gosh, when we, when I started writing this book, it was right at the cusp of the start of the pandemic. And I, 
I, I was saying it then. I was saying like we're more lonely than ever before two years ago. Mm-hmm. So just just multiply that, um, multiply that tenfold. Here are some of the reasons. One, um, we are meant to do life in the deep end with one another. We are meant to truly live life together. Technology, however, has given us this opportunity to have windows into one another's worlds. And so what has happened is we have started watching one another from a distance instead of loving one another up close. Mm. We have started observing the lives of people in our sphere instead of actually living those lives alongside them. Mm-hmm. And so that that's one aspect of it. It's, it's we've almost adopted, dare I say, this sort of voyeuristic approach mm-hmm. to how we gauge in it, our relationships, how we navigate our connections. We're no longer actually doing life together. Mm-hmm. We're just watching yeah. what other people are doing and comparing it to our own life. And then in addition to that, you know, we're not just looking into these windows of our next door neighbors. It's not just, oh, I have, you know, 10 close friends that live down the street from me in my community that I know that I do life with. It is now tens of thousands that I have access to. It is millions that I have access to. So where in the past comparison existed within a finite space, mm-hmm. comparison's always been there, but but within limits, within reason, within the people you see face to face, day to day, hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. it's now become this amalgamation of everyone else's accomplishments that you could possibly connect with mm-hmm. on the internet, which is infinite. So it's not just, you know, wow, she is an amazing businesswoman and, mm-hmm. you know, she's an amazing mother and this other person over here is you know, having great financial success in their life. This person over here is having a wonderful marriage. This person over here having great health, mm-hmm. right? And, and seeing these as separate entities, separate um, and individual stories that are just the tip, by the way, of the iceberg mm-hmm. that is their lives. Yeah. It now becomes everyone has a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. Everyone has financial success and security. Everyone is healthy. Mm-hmm. Everyone is having all of these wonderful things mm-hmm. that I desire. And yet... I am living through the mess. I am in the valley. I alone am navigating the the darkness and the struggle of my current season. And so we're now exposed to more people than ever before. We're confronted with more content than any other generation before us, consuming all of these, these highlight reels, as you mentioned, into other people's lives. And we are seeing the tops of their icebergs. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing what lies beneath the water and we're living beneath the water ourselves. And so it's sort of it's sort of a combination of different factors that ultimately I think can just become too much. Mm-hmm. It can just become sort of all encompassing and and just can threaten to drown us if we're not careful. Yeah, oh, so true. I even would say like I, I actually I'd be curious what you think of this. In addition to seeing the icebergs and seeing or the tips of the iceberg, and it, for a better way, a way a better way to say that. Um, in addition to all of that and being, you know, so bombarded and being infinite, I think almost in addition to comparison, it's a little off topic, but I'd just be curious what your thought is on this because I think it can lead to mass confusion in our own life. Like I notice this mm-hmm. a lot because in my community, we talk a lot about just having multiple interests and multiple passions and trying to figure out what is it that I'm uniquely called to be doing in this, you know, in this season of my life and in this world and all of that. And I think almost like an, another byproduct of comparison itself or all of the windows that we have into everyone's life is that we see so-and-so doing this and so-and-so doing that and somebody else achieving this and somebody else starting that. 
And it almost can be like this constant, like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. Maybe, maybe I should try that. Oh, oh, that looks Mm -hmm. interesting. I want to try, you know, and before we know it, we're like pulled in 8 million directions and so burned out, not only from comparison, but also what comparison can even lead to, which is bitterness, all of that. But also I think mass confusion in our own life and, and even maybe overcommitment, um, and burnout. I'd be curious if you if you agree with that, if you've noticed that, if you've experienced that yourself. I just I've started to observe that a lot, and I'm just curious what your thought is. Yes, 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 and yes. I think one women are told we have to be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and I, I know you touch on this. I love that you speak on this, and I and you and I have chatted about this in in a personal context. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we have to be you know, both the boss and a homemaker yeah. and an innovator and a, like a, a guru of health and, and like, and we have to be, you know, constantly in the word, but also we have to learn how to navigate the world, but right. not be, you know, like be in yeah. it, but not of it. And I, I won't even go on to more just to yeah. say like, we are expected to be everything to everyone. But I, I, I just want to affirm for anyone listening to this, that your definition of success, what you are mm-hmm. called and created to do looks different from everyone mm-hmm. else's. So mm-hmm. before we start to chase after the finish line of someone else's journey, before we start to look at what she's called to do and run after her calling, mm-hmm. right? You're absolutely right. It creates confusion because we must first focus on our own. We've got to, we've got to start within us because I also talk about this in the book. You know, we need every single person to show up as they are for their calling, mm-hmm. for their, you know, intended purpose with their unique definition of success in order, mm-hmm. in order for this collective masterpiece to exist. Yeah. If we're all trying to be the same, or we're all trying to pursue, you know, one path and not honoring, not honoring the beauty in all of these different paths, whether, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That is what I am meant to do. Or you're listening to this and saying, I have always desired to raise a family. That, that is mm-hmm. like at the core of my being what I'm meant to do or, Whatever it is, you know, you might have multifaceted passions that do cross mm-hmm. into these different sectors. That's also okay. The point being, what's meant for you may not be meant for her. And what's meant for her may not be meant for you. And there is purpose in that. That is by design. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ultimately leads all of us uh, in, in, into a better future. When we yeah. lean into that, we don't chase after somebody else, you know, in their definition of success, but we wholeheartedly embrace and honor what is meant for us. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen, amen, amen. I love this so much. It's so, so true. And I just, I want to shout out from the rooftops because this is a huge lesson. And I and I don't know, I, I'm again, I'm like going off these tangents, but I think it's just so powerful. And when you had shared a little bit of your story, you touched on when you had this diagnosis, when you walked through years of struggling with family building and with these desires you had with kind of being laid flat on your back with a scary health condition and mm-hmm. almost walking through a valley of suffering. Do you feel like that in any way, as much as it was hard and horrible and something you'd probably never want to experience again, would you say that that experience or any of those experiences helped you see more clearly what success really looks like for you and what you really value? Because I feel like in my own valley, in my own experience with suffering and struggle, it kind of, it almost like forces you to stop paying attention to the urgent and the unimportant and start paying attention to the ultimate and the important in your life and the eternal things. And you start going, well, what is it that I actually want? And is all this stuff I'm doing over here or pursuing over here, what actually matters to me? Because now all of a sudden I'm faced really hard with what actually matters. And it makes me start rethinking, you know, like, hmm, maybe some of the things I thought I wanted are actually, I'm just kind of pursuing aimlessly or arbitrarily because I see other people doing it or what have you. So I would just be curious if, if suffering and your experiences with suffering 
helped bring some of that into clarity or at least gave you perspective on that in a way other things maybe, maybe don't. Yes. And I don't want to go too much into the heavy here, but I, I will, I will say this in, in complete earnest, Mm -hmm. being forced to acknowledge that our time on earth is finite Mm -hmm. will change everything about how you approach that time. Yes. Because we stop seeing this moment as everything and we start seeing it as, but a blip of eternity. Mm -hmm. And when we view it that way, our priorities shift. And I'll give you an exact example. I remember being a couple of days out from my brain surgery. And I vividly, I so vividly remember having a thought um, where I was angry. I was angry at myself. Um, And and I'll be really vulnerable about why. I, I was angry at how much of my time I gave to things that didn't deserve it. I was angry about how much of my time I gave to worrying about things that didn't matter and criticisms that weren't worth the concern. And, you know, like just, just giving it away freely to things that that weren't meant to consume that time when I had people and impact that, that I could have leaned into instead, yeah. because I recognized that on the other side of this brain surgery, I didn't know what my life was going to look mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I had no idea if I would even be the same person mm-hmm. on the other side of that procedure. I didn't know. But what I did know is that my time became so much more precious the minute I realized how finite mm-hmm. my life here on earth was. And I just, I remember like vividly being like, why did I stay late and work on this project when I wish I could have come home and had dinner with my husband? Mm-hmm. Why? Why did I stress about this delivery timeline when it could have been pushed back by a week just by asking for grace? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why did I do this? Why did I do that? But it always came back for me to these moments of I lacked clarity. Mm -hmm. And because I lacked the clarity, I didn't establish the boundaries or the priorities that would lead me into living life as my best self. And so, yes, I do. I think going through anything difficult um, will bring about that clarity. I will also add, though, one of the things that has really helped me in my life, um, whether that's in relationships, whether that is in navigating difficult seasons, um, is, is ultimately when I face pain, when I face hardship, um, one, to to look for purpose on the other side. So mm-hmm. as I emerge, I wanna, and again, I, I acknowledge this might not be everyone's coping strategy, but my goodness, if it doesn't help me, mm-hmm. is to look for ways in which you know that experience refined or improved either me or my ability to connect with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, if, if I can't find that, which that's rare that I can't find that, because often I can say, okay, no, I, you know, I, even if it's as simple as, I thought God was saying no, and he was saying not yet, or holding on to that promise mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I, I crave things on my timeline, but I have to see um, the miracles amidst the mess. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I needed to have a moment to, you know, learn this or have this experience or navigate this um, in a different timeline, because had I gotten what I wanted when I wanted it, mm-hmm. had I had the door opened when I banged on it constantly, mm-hmm. like this wouldn't have happened, or I wouldn't have this experience. I say this all the time, actually, I say this all the time to, to friends of mine who, who are navigating a, a season of, of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I say, if I, if I would have, um, if I would have gotten pregnant the moment I wanted to, I wouldn't have Huey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and my son, my son, you know, for me was worth every year that passed. Mm. Like that one life, like his life was worth every year that passed. And that to me gives me purpose, whether or not it's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, for some people like, oh, that doesn't make me feel better. But for me, that purpose and seeing that purpose is, mm. is so transformative. But also, you know, that's, that's one side of it, finding purpose amidst the pain. But two, also knowing we don't have to go through it alone. Yeah. 
you know, being able when we are struggling, when we have that clarity, we have those moments that that change and shape our perspective and how we want to prioritize or we want to set boundaries is then also ensuring we have people around us that that can support us in that season, that yeah. we um, surround ourselves with with honest and good and empowering humans that can step alongside us and say, look, you're not alone and I'm here for you, not just in the highlights, but, but in the real depths of the valleys that you're walking through, I'm here for you in the desert. Like I will carry you when you need me to. Um, and not being another learning that has come out of a lot of those seasons for me that um, I carry with me. Mm, So good. So, so good. It's so powerful. You know, I'd be curious if you could share too, why would you say that cultivating real community is so important to overcoming this culture of competition? You touched on this earlier and I want to dive a little bit deeper into it because you had made this comment about, you know, how we have it, it, before social media came into the into the picture, it was like, you know, you might see into a few different people's lives in your immediate community. And now we're almost watching more so than in community. And so I guess my question is, why is cultivating it such an important part? And how do you actually do that? Like, how do you tr- how do you shift from spending time watching or if you're struggling to, you know, connect with people? What do you suggest doing to start building actual connection, actual community to really start combating and overcoming that culture of competition that is so prevalent now? Yes. Oh, this is such a good question. So first, I, I like to look at community and competition as sort of two ends of a weighted scale. Mm -hmm. And you could reframe this in terms of interdependence and independence, Mm -hmm. right? So we are, as human beings, created for both. Mm -hmm. We are wired for both. Whether you're looking at this from a spiritual perspective, whether you're looking at this from a neurological, like actually looking at the human brain and seeing, okay, competition, for example, is like a performance-enhancing drug for the brain. Mm -hmm. We perform better scientifically as human beings with just one other person in the arena. Mm-hmm. So you can look at this like if someone's you, and it doesn't have to be competing against you. Technically, just being observed mm-hmm. in the arena of whatever you're doing improves your output. Okay, mm-hmm. so we know the brain's wired for a competition. We know that it brings about joy when we find success, and that drives us to continue competing. However, the same is true of the opposite. The same can be said for um, you know our brains are wired for community. We are social animals. We actually thrive when we are supported by others, when we feel a part of a social group and social structure. And so there's this dichotomy that exists, right? And so when we talk about why community to help us combat things like competition and the way it manifests in our lives. So that competition manifesting could look like comparison for someone. It could look like jealousy, be it on social media or otherwise. It also could look like, you know, someone who's overworking and striving without end in sight. Mm -hmm. Like, it exacerbates a lot of our, our individual personality types and our individual kind of habits and tendencies. But the reason community for me has become so much of, of the banner in which I say, hey, here's how to combat this is because these are two different sides of the same coin. So we're either pursuing our own independent success or we're pursuing our interdependent success. Did you know that 85% of the grass-fed beef in stores is imported from overseas? I know, I was shocked when I found that out too. You would actually struggle to find American meat in the store even if you tried. Here's why. 
the product of the USA tag isn't exactly what you think it is. Foreign countries can actually process their meat here and then label it like it came from the USA when in reality it was only processed here. Because of these labeling laws that favor foreign imported meat, over 100,000 independent American farms and ranches have closed since 2015. Good Ranchers has been turning this around for four years now by selling 100% American meat. When they say product of the USA, they mean it and can prove it. As I've been on my wellness journey over the last year or two, one thing that I've become really conscious about is where I'm sourcing my food. I want to know where it's coming from, the quality that it truly is. And it can be hard to find companies that do what they actually say they're doing and that are reliable and trustworthy and that provide the quality. So what I love about Good Ranchers when I discovered them recently is that not only do they support American farms and they're 100% American meat, but they also only sell steakhouse quality. Their beef is all USDA graded prime and choice, which is the highest grades beef can receive. Good Rancher sells the best steaks, gourmet burgers, chicken, seafood, and more. And you can even get those crave-worthy bone-in cuts like T-bones, porterhouses, and ribeyes from them. Plus, their pre-marinated chicken makes meal prep so easy and tasty, which takes the stress out of dinner making. And I am all about stress-free and efficiency when it comes to meal prep and nourishment and all the things we have to do with our lives to feed ourselves and live the busy lives that we do. On top of that, Good Ranchers is also about half the price of those other online meat guys. Your dollar just goes further with them which I love. And I just wish I would have learned about this brand so much earlier in my journey. But here we are. We know about it now. Lastly, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to families in need for every box purchased so you can do good and eat good at the same time. They have donated over 500,000 meals to date and since they started, which is amazing. If you want to give Good Ranchers a try, which I highly recommend doing, go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan and save $20 or better yet, subscribe and save on each box of mouthwatering American meats that will show up on schedule right to your door. Again, get $20 off and free express shipping if you go to goodranchers.com slash Jordan or use the code Jordan at checkout. That's $20 off and free express shipping at goodranchers.com slash Jordan. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for- one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Both of which should exist. Both of which we are created for. Both of which bring about um, goodness in our world. But I believe that when we choose our own independence at all costs over the collective, over community, over um, our neighbors and loving others well, right, that's where it leads us astray. And so community is the other side of the coin. And that, that's kind of at like the highest of levels how I, I look at it. But to take it one level deeper... You know, I think what community and connection relationships and, and being being a part of a group but also bring about is empathy. And mm-hmm. empathy is is a weapon against so much of what we are facing today. Empathy says, you know, yes, like there there are joys and successes in the lives of others, and yet there's also hardship and pain. Mm-hmm. And you can relate to both. Mm-hmm. You as a human being can emotionally imagine what it is like to walk even just a little, perhaps mm-hmm. in someone else's shoes. And that ability to place that emotional weight, those mirror neurons that fire in your brain when you can empathize with another human being are what differentiate the voyeurism of watching and judging and criticizing from the watching and feeling and connecting and desiring something better, not just for them, but for you. Mm. And so for me, connection comes back to empathy and community is the counterbalance to striving just for independence. Again, not saying that competition is bad and community is good. They both exist. We, we are built for both of them. It's just in my, in my eyes, keeping them rightly ordered, putting people above right? The competition, putting people above profit, people above self, others mm-hmm. ultimately above self, which, you know, it's, it's frankly not an original idea. It's as mm-hmm. biblical as it comes. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so that's one side. And then we talk about tactical. Cool. So you're on board. You're like, listen, I'm tired of, of comparing myself to someone on social media. I'm tired of feeling like I can never keep up. I can never measure up. And like, I'm waiting in the shallow end of relationships. I don't like, I, I know people, but am I really close with people? Like, am I really digging into community? Here's my advice to you. Here, here's sort of two key takeaways that, that I hope you have. Um, and we dig into it so much more in the book, but I can give it to you as quick as I can via podcast. So first being, we need to change the way we engage with social media. We need to stop consuming and we need to start connecting and creating. If you are opening your devices and the first thing you are doing is scrolling, we need to switch that behavior into something that is leading us closer together and not further apart. Mm -hmm. This is backed by science. This is backed by psychological studies I reference in the book, but essentially the more time you spend consuming, the more negative mental health outcomes you have from that time spent on social media. Mm -hmm. The opposite, though, is true of the more time you spent connecting on social media, the more time you intentionally engage with other people in a positive way. Meaning there's a difference between I see something Jordan posts and I double tap it without much thought to I really read it. I think about it. I engage with it. I leave her an affirming and positive comment or my thoughts on it. Then I jump into the DMs and further that conversation, right? Mm. Hey, I love what you shared today about comparison. I love what you shared today about hustle culture. Mm. Because look, this is what I've been going through. I'm going to send you over a voice message. This is like, this is where my head's at. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for sharing this in the world. Mm. One is just passively consuming. The other is actively engaging and connecting. And so if you're just hopping on these platforms, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. We want to switch that behavior away from the passive into the active so that you are taking control. Mm. You are taking back control of how these platforms are consuming your time, how these platforms are making you feel about yourself and others. And ultimately, you're kicking Silicon Valley out of the driver's seat mm. and you're putting your intentions back at the heart of, of where you're going. Mm. Because remember, the goal of, of Instagram, the goal of Facebook, even now, TikTok now has advertisers. Mm. The goal of TikTok is to generate a profit. Yep. It's not to help you feel better about yourself. Mm. It's not to help you even connect with other people. Dare mm. I say it? Mm -hmm. They need to make a profit. And mm. how they make a profit is to keep you consuming content and advertisements as long as possible. Okay. So they will do whatever they have to do in order to keep you scrolling. Mm -hmm. So that that's number one, that like first bit of advice, change from consuming into connecting or creating. If you're a creator, start by creating before you consume mm -hmm. and then lean into connection when you do consume. So you're taking active control back. And then the second thing in terms of deepening these relationships, friends, look, it's not going to happen overnight. And I also want to affirm that if anyone listening to this is saying, look, I haven't always felt lonely. I haven't always felt disconnected. I haven't always felt like I'm longing for, for connection in, in the chaos, but I have lately, not like I have over the last year and a half. It's like, I really feel out of place. I really feel like I'm struggling. I also want to affirm for you, you are not alone. One in 10 women, one in 10 women reports that they don't have a single close friend mm. right now. Not that that stat is absolutely um, mind blowing. It's from the American or the survey on American life, mm. one in ten. And so I want to affirm that you're not alone. But I also want to encourage you to know that relationships are going to change in every season of your life. So you may have folks that you've lost connection with that you you're yearning for, you want to reconnect with, but you also might be ready to let some of those relationships go. Mm. And that's also okay. 
Okay, that's also okay. But how we lean into the tactical of building either new relationships or reconnecting with old relationships or deepening deepening existing ones, it all looks the same. And that is we start with one point of connection, one conversation, one person at a time. It is the most simple of formulas, but that's truly where it begins. It's seeing one place where you can connect with someone. Like I mentioned, you know, I saw Jordan post about hustle culture and like, that is something that resonates with me. That is something that like, I, I fiercely have been fighting against and struggling with. So finding a point of connection, whether it's something big or something small, it gives you this ability to spark the conversation and then nurture from there. So it could be something as simple as, you know, you both love a restaurant in town and you notice that they visited it, spark the conversation based on that point of connection, or you both love dogs, spark the conversation on that point of connection. Remember, it doesn't have to be the depths of your soul bared or the most vulnerable conversation that someone else is sharing that you immediately jump onto. I actually prefer, especially for new relationships, the kindling is a little different, but for new relationships, just start with something simple. Remember, think like you're a three-year-old. Two three-year-olds meeting at a park know nothing about each other. And yet within a matter of seconds, it's like, oh, I have a rock. Do you have a rock? Mm -hmm. Let's run around and chase each other with our rocks. They're like, (laughs) you like chalk. I like chalk. Let's draw together. It doesn't have to be complex. Being an adult means we add all of the layers of our past Mm -hmm. relationships, our trauma, our own insecurities and fears on top of something as simple as a conversation. Just let all of that go. Start with that one point of connection, that one conversation, one person at a time and build from there. I don't have the perfect formula beyond that because the reality is what you're looking for and your unique personality, the type of personality meeting you on the other side, your life circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, it's all going to play into how a relationship takes takes shape and how it unfolds. And for some people, it's like dating, you know, it's like you meet somebody or you you take that next step and you go, oh, no, 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 this is not the right fit. Like I, yeah, this is not going to go much further, but it also can happen the opposite way where you do say, hey, you know, you love that food truck. I love that food truck. Like, what did you get last weekend? I need to like up my game on their menu and I've only tried X, Y, Z. And then before you know it, a year later, your best friends. And that's actually something that happened to me based mm. on a food truck. So I'm telling you that to say, you not know, with the rocks, open <laughs> not with the rocks. It wasn't the rocks and it wasn't the chalk. Oh, it slightly was more complicated. <laughs> slightly. Yeah. We're like that's moving so up the adulting funny. ladder. But my point being like, it could be about rocks. My gosh, there are like mm-hmm. entire communities of people that that's love true. like rocks and you know, I gosh. So anyway, all yeah. that to say, just don't hesitate to start. Just start. Yeah. Like, don't let the, the weight of everything you've navigated, the insecurities you're feeling, the worries and the doubts and the fears. I promise you, friend, like she's feeling the exact same way mm-hmm. on the other side. Even, you know, those of us who look the most confident on the outside are still, we still have our inner child within. Yeah. So remembering that and honoring that within yourself and others and just taking that first step can yeah. make all the difference. It's so good. I love what you said about even just like rewind three or four minutes, but I love what you said about um, being active over passive when it comes to utilizing mm-hmm. our, our digital landscape, social media apps, all of that. It's so true. And then I think, you know, that can quickly translate into a DM message, which, which can translate into a phone call, which is what you and I did, which how we how we got connected. Mm-hmm. We found a point of connection. We hopped on a call and we support each other from afar when we aren't communicating. But you know, it can quickly turn into, hey, I just realized you lived an hour away. Would you like to meet for coffee? Like you just don't know. And it's actually 
It, it's true. I mean, trying to see it as a tool to really be more active with rather than just passively viewing things it really starts to bring in that sense of connection. And I think that's such a simple tweak that we can make. So I would say if you're listening and you cut yourself, like really do an audit of how you use these apps and ask, like, am I being more passive or more active? And if it's creating and or communicating Great. But if you find that you spend most of your time scrolling, I would just really encourage you to like make that your question you ask yourself as you spend time on social. When you start feeling crappy about it, ask yourself, like, am I being passive or active? I just think that's such a good way to think about it. And then everything else you share, just gold as well. One last thing I want to ask about, and this may be um, not entirely specific to social media, but I think it still applies based off everything we've been discussing. Some of us may find ourselves in groups of people who feed on comparison or jealousy or drama and things like that. If your circle isn't cheering for others or cheering for you or just turns it into something that's really toxic, what advice would you give to really make steps to remove yourself from that and surround yourself with people who do root for each other and who do support each other in their highs and in their lows? Ooh, this might be the golden question. Because first, <laughs> I, I want to just, like, before we even get to the point of, like, how do you do it, I want to first acknowledge that those people that you surround yourself with, I mean, there's different fields that like you're, you're a combination of the five most people. And I don't know who the original author is on that or from what book it originates, but you know, that you are this combination of, of the people that you are surrounded with. But I, I believe it to be true, which means a couple of things. One, if people in your circle spend more time talking about other people than they do talking about ideas, mm-hmm. talking about cheering for other people. Like if you're seeing in your circle that when you sit down for coffee, it's, did you hear what she did? Did you mm-hmm. hear what they're up to? Oh, uh, uh, that yeah. type of attitude. Let me just make you very, very aware that you will start to navigate down that path. Mm-hmm. That when you do surround yourself with people that are more focused on judging, criticizing, gossiping, leaning into to jealousies about others, instead of what can be so easily just a light switch of a flip mm-hmm. of cheering for them. Did you hear that she did this? Mm-hmm. Is very different from, did you hear that she did this? Mm-hmm right? So when you start to see that, I want to immediately encourage you to be consciously aware of it. And first, before even removing yourself from that situation, if it's someone, especially that you do genuinely love, that maybe is going through a tough time, that maybe has been surrounded by that type of rhetoric, those types of conversations to the point where they don't realize they're now perpetuating it. Mm-hmm. I want you to potentially give them the, the opportunity and the grace to say, Hey, you know, I'd rather not you know, I know, I'm sure this wasn't your intention, but mm-hmm. I'd rather not gossip about, about so-and-so I'd rather not, you know, mm-hmm. criticize Natalie or Jordan or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, cause frankly, like, I think she's just doing the best she can, but mm-hmm. you know, what's really cool is that this person actually just did this great thing. And you try to either, you know, address it, mm-hmm. confront it and redirect it. Mm-hmm. That would be my first bit of advice um, before removing yourself entirely. Like see if it's salvageable, see mm-hmm. if you can actually be the person at the helm steering the ship another way. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation that is so deeply negative and I've just brought awareness to it. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I know you didn't mean to do this, but like, I don't, I don't really want to talk crap about her. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't like, frankly, you know, either like I just, whatever it is, you know, bringing awareness to that person going, darn it. You're right. Like, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Like I dude, that's not me. Like, I, I don't know what is up with me today or we'll even open up vulnerably and say, 
Because look, I have been the person being the negative Nancy Mm -hmm. or the negative Natalie. Let's just call it. Like Mm -hmm. I've been there in my seasons of struggle. I talk about this in the book. I say, I don't write about comparison because I'm, I'm judging others for dealing with it. I'm writing about it because it has felt like others have stolen my very oxygen Mm -hmm. that I have went years of longing to have a child and watched every friend get pregnant over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. Like lapping you. Literally like, like I, I mean, I, I wish we had more time to even dig into that. But the truth being like the very thing I felt like God created me to do, I couldn't do Mm -hmm. friends. And that very, very thing, it felt like every friend of mine was getting to do in abundance. Mm -hmm. And so first, before we even remove ourselves, I want to say, give that person the opportunity for redemption if you can, because I've been the one complaining and I've had the friend say to me, it's okay, Nat, to be happy for her and sad for you. Mm -hmm. And it changed everything. Mm -hmm. And I was able to say, you know what? You're right. I'm really hurting right now. And I think maybe rather than having this conversation, let's pivot, let's change it because I'm letting out some, some pain that I need to like, I need to like get right with. Mm -hmm. I need to, to navigate that has nothing to do with her. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with her. I should be happy for her. And I am happy for her, but you're right. I'm really sad for me right now. Mm -hmm. And so my first bit of advice is when you, when you get into that conversation where people are not cheering for others, you've got somebody that's been negative first, let's try to give them grace. Let's give them an opportunity to pivot. Let's, let's, let's create that space where redemption can, can actually happen. Mm -hmm. But if, that isn't a one-time thing. If that isn't a current season where we can't come alongside someone's support, let's just say it's straight up the culture mm-hmm. of that community, that the culture of that, of that community is to tear people down, is to judge, is to criticize, is to be pitting her, her against you or, you know, using other people as measuring sticks for success or, you know, not allowing opportunity for women to succeed. That's one of the, by the way, second, that is one of the hardest things to witness is mm-hmm. a group of women just tearing down another woman simply because she's succeeding. Mm-hmm. Friends, it is hard enough. Mm-hmm. It is hard enough, right? When you start to see that as a culture and not, not as, as a single season of struggle or a moment of weakness, here's, here's my recommendation. You get out. That, that is my recommendation. You get out. It doesn't have to be a forever. If it's something that, again, again, like if people change or a community changes course or recognizes the need to grow and to evolve, great. But you don't want to be a part either, A, of perpetuating that cycle mm-hmm. and being a part of that type of culture that tears others down. But two, it's also not going to help you rise. Mm-hmm. Tearing somebody else down will never help you rise. Mm-hmm. But being a part of a community doing the opposite it will. Mm. So you get out and here, here's my recommendations for that. I think I, it's going to, again, it couldn't depend on what we're talking about here. Are we talking about like that one friend that's always negative? Are we talking about a group that you've been friends with since high school that just hasn't left some of the drama behind? Are we talking about uh, entrepreneurial community, a mom's group that you step in and you're like, I want to be a part of this, but gosh, it doesn't feel good. Like, mm-hmm. gosh, it's not what I expected. You can bow out gracefully. You can you know, even Irish goodbye, if it's, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a very, like you attend one time and you realize it's not for you. I'm Irish. So sometimes <laughs> I'll just like roll out and never come back. But if you <laughs> owe them an explanation, give them an explanation. If it's like a longer relationship, obviously it's something different. But then the truth is you set out to find people that, that share your values by showing up and communicating your values. Mm-hmm. You'll find people that, you know, champion others by doing that yourself. You start to attract people to you that, you know, see in you what they desire. And so as you step forward and you go, you know, how do I live out these values in my own life? Like when I'm seeing another woman succeed or doing great things or having, having a victory, especially after a season of struggle, 
how am I cheering for her? How am I championing her? How am I coming alongside her? Because that's frankly, like in my life, what I've done, even in launching my book, like seeing other women launching their books around the same time, I have done everything that I can to cheer for them and leave that out and actively be sharing about their books, posting about their books, jumping on and telling my friends to buy their books. And by doing that, I've now had more women come to me who are launching books saying, Hey, I want to be in whatever this circle of, you know, cheering for one another is because that that's what I want. That's what I desire. And that's the values that I also want to be living into. I want to be the person that's not just focused on my success, but wants to see the success of others. So remove yourself from, from the situation when you need to. And then my advice is you start living out the values that, that you want to be surrounded by, because if you do that, it will naturally start to draw others towards you who, who share that. It's a simple law of attraction. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Such solid advice. This is, it was the golden question and you gave some gold answers. So very good. Love it so much. It was like everything you said, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, so I think we complicate this so much. I mean, I think we mm-hmm. were like, oh, what do I do when people, it's like, well, if you're not a confrontational person, then at least try to be the example. And if that still doesn't work, then maybe it is time to remove yourself. But I think we freak ourselves out like, oh, this isn't healthy. I need to stop being friends with them. And But then who are my friends going to be? And we worry ourselves so much without even thinking through Maybe there's some small pivots and adjustments I can make Mm -hmm. or ways that I can gear the conversation other directions. And yeah, it may be that you, while you're doing that with that friend group, maybe you branch out and start connecting with other people that really seem to be cheering each other on. And maybe you learn to steward both. I don't think it's a a complete abandonment right off the bat, but I love the way that you said that. It makes it feel so much less intimidating and so much more doable. So especially when you're in relationship with someone you've been in a relationship with for a long time. So I love that. I really appreciate that advice. I don't want to keep you forever, but I feel like we could talk about this forever. Uh, Just there's so much here, but it's been so good. And I'm so thankful for the advice you've given. Can you share where everyone can hear more from you, find more of your advice and encouragement? And I like love your social media. So we have to know where you are on social and then also where we can find your book and buy the book. Yeah, absolutely. So so much of what we chatted about in so much more detail can be found in the book. So the book is called Built to Belong, Discovering the Power of Community Over Competition. And you can buy that wherever books are sold, just online or in your favorite bookstore. It's just Built to Belong. And then on social, um, I live on most platforms, but spend most of my time probably on Instagram. So just at Natalie Frank, uh, Frank has an E at the end. And I would love to connect with you. So if you end up hearing about me or the book via this podcast, please just shoot me a DM and let me know so I can check out your page and encourage you. Mm. Um, And Jordan, just thank you so much for, for having me on. Absolutely. I'm so thankful for you. And you guys, if you have a second, go check out her social media. It's so encouraging to me. I absolutely love it. Also go grab her book. I just got in the mail. I'm so excited to dig into it. And uh, yeah, enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Thank you for listening and be sure to support Natalie on this new venture she has with this book. It's truly so transformational and so powerful. Natalie, thank you for being here. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in.
To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.